1: 5.15 here at WBAI, in time for our Gene Shepard feature, a full 45-minute program, and I keep <laughs> if you're failing to write down the date. So I'll take the cassette out of the machine and tell you that it's from May 19th, 1966. It's all about the evil eye, how to do it, how to avoid it. <laughs> uh, if only we would learned that lesson here at WBAI at New York. And uh, in case I don't, well, I will take time to remind you at the end of the program that tomorrow, this is Tuesday, right? I'm so out of uh, God. I had to rush off from BAI, abandoning my serious work to drop off stuff for our OB broadcast last night. Never came back uh, until this morning. And uh discombobulated. So tomorrow, Wednesday night, 7 p.m., a Gene Shepard Spectacular until midnight. And BAI fundraising, which we're not doing this morning. Save all of your money for 7 o'clock tomorrow for Gene Shepard, five hours here on WBAI. And uh, here's a taste. (laughs) Here's a complete show like we won't be getting to tomorrow evening.
2: with Bronze Oak Leaf Palm, if you can tell me what, uh, what the classical radio character in Moments of Peak used to threaten at uh, the moment of becoming fantastically angry, used to threaten to throw his or her shoes over the First National Bank building. All right, and uh, here is uh, tonight's uh, $50,000 clue at eight Shepard. What a golem offering, you silly idiot. I could get you in the mouth. If you want me eye lie here, but I had nothing like cold coffee to make the blood of a man boil. Cold coffee out of bad cardboard cups. Yeah, cha I've been working on the railroad all the live long day. I've been working on the railroad just to pass the time away. Oh, I know some fantastically awful lyrics to that song. Why do I have such a rotten mind? Why was not my mind cast in the classic mold of the great movers, the great founders of America? Why do I have that kind of mind? Well, I've been working on it. We'd be glad to send you these lyrics, however. Send your name and address to Whoopi. <laughs> in of the station, you must be over 21. Some night we'll all sing it together under the streetlight. Would you uh, please uh, give me a little romantic music in there, Corny? That's it. Uh, uh, just bring it up there very big. Uh, tonight, this radio station, in recognition, of first, <laughs> it's a uh, vast public debt, and uh, obviously recognizing that it owes you out there in studio. No, no, that's right. Anyway, let's get it straight here. I'm in studio land. Let's keep our, let's keep our ranks straight. I'm in studio land. You're in audience land out there in that gray vastness out there. We salute you tonight for just hanging in there, just being. That's it. Man up. And we here in studio land say we just don't know what we do without you. Bring it up. Oh, that's fantastic, Kerner. That's just beautiful. Can't you just see yourself now? Can't you see yourself seated at a massive Steinway? Your eyes limp, oh, no, the word is limp, you can't have limp eyes, eh? your, your eyes limpeth with a vast outpouring of poetic passion, the guttering candlelight flickering there just off the port bow, and you're swinging heavier and heavier, higher and higher you go, reaching for the clouds, it's me, it's passionate old me, hello gang, hi. You laughed when I sat down to play. Why do you hear me knock off these bass notes? <laughs> hey, Judge. Now, watch this. Bring it up big now, corny pig. Yes, friends. They laughed when I sat down to play. But within seven minutes, I had learned to play the piano just like this. Using a four-color magic slide rule device, which comes to you by mail. Even your best friends won't know you're practicing at night. So next week at the Strawberry Festival, spring this on (laughs) them. Oh, can't you see yourself turning to the gang? Any requests? Anything you'd like to hear? Anything, just call it out. Well, the world showbiz. It's terrible to have the whole world showbiz and you're just an extra in the crowd. Oh, well, I mean, let's face it. There are realities the one must face. Hello, test, 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 test. We're turning up the reality button here. Hello, 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 hello. Would you please give me a little more on the reality stop there, corny? Hello, 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 hello. Hey, did I ever tell you about the time I worked in this radio station? And uh, it was the only radio station I ever worked in that actually had a pipe organ in it. In fact, it's the only radio station I ever heard of that had a pipe organ in it. And uh, they had this big studio that was all hung with red drapes all around the back, you know, red drapes hanging down. And they had a pipe organ. And the bellows in this pipe organ were operated by electric motors. And that once in a while, late at night, when me and a couple of other indigent radio trompers in the grape fields of the great world of human communication, uh, once in a while, when we, you know, we didn't have anything to do, I would get the key from the janitor. And I would go into the studio. It was dark there. Now, I, I'll, to be perfectly frank with you, I play a pretty mean chopsticks. I really do. And I know about 19 different variations. There's one with the knuckle. I got one with knuckles. I can play one with my knees. I know a chopstick where you use your left ear to get the bass. Uh, I know about, oh, about 45 variations of chopsticks. Oh, hey, by the way, that reminds me. Do any of you know the lyrics that I know to chopsticks? (laughs) Why such a rotten mind? If my mother knew the stuff I know, If the people who up here trust me knew the things I know. And I used to get the key from the... Oh, gee, that reminds me. That makes me think. Now, would you please excuse me out there for a moment? I'm thinking. Boy, that's a sobering thought that just went by. I'll let that one go by in the vast turnpike of my mind. Holy smokes. Hello, Charlie. There goes another one by. Look at that one. It's peeking out of the woods. I see you, smart guy. Boy, these thoughts that keep sneaking back and forth. Hey. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, I'm uh, I'm getting the key, say, one night, and I go into that studio with the great overhanging draperies. And I sit down at the mighty Wurlitzer organ. Have you ever actually sat down at the keyboard of a Wurlitzer organ? I'm not talking about a Hammond organ, you know, the little electronic. I'm talking about one that has about 17,000 rows of pink and green and yellow and orange buttons all the way up and down. It's got stops you pull out and things you tromp on. And I sat down there and I turned on the motor. There's a key down on the side. You know, you turn on one of those things like you turn on a Ford. And I turn it on. and The motor is in there. It's pumping up the gas or whatever it does, you know. But... And then it went. A little red light comes on, meaning the pressure is up. And I press one of the keys. And it goes. Oh, boy. All by myself in the studio. Then I press another one. And then I pulls out the stop that says, Vox Humana. Are you aware that they've got a stop that makes the pipe organ sound like a lady crying out over the moors in her anguish? And it goes, And I started a play. I'm going to tell you, I started a play. A, a version of chopsticks that has not been seen this side of the hunchback of Notre Dame and within within five oh it's terrible what an organ will do to you within five minutes I begin to see myself as the hunchback uh, 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 this this movie had a terrible effect upon me when I was a kid profound effect um, had, had any of, did any of you ever see that or did I invent this movie did I invent a movie of a guy running around and he had sort of tights on, leather tights or something, and he had this leather jacket, you know, and his staring eyes and his hair hanging down, and he would swing from ropes, and he would sit there and look out over the top of concrete gargoyles and stuff. It's just an awful thing, you know, every time I see Mr. Leader here. Man, would you please bring me a little more romantic music, Corny, just a little bit there, to celebrate the the little spark of the beast. That is within each human soul. Okay, bring it up there, big. Heavy, that's it. Let us light a few candles to that little side of us. Yeah, cha cha cha, cha cha cha, cha 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 cha. That's all show business yard wide. Hey, you got any showbiz music in there for me? Lay it up in there. I'll need this. Uh You know, to me, the the the, the funniest kind of funny is the unconscious funny. I mean, I can appreciate uh, conscious funny if it's really superlatively done. And there isn't much of that done because there aren't many superlatively type operators around today. However, uh, uh, once in a while, an unconscious funny will arrive, and it's just so unconscious that it's just unbelievable. I received in the mail today this piece of stuff. Now, I must receive like five pounds of promotional material every day. I don't know where I get on these lists. And it's nothing. They're all addressed to a Miss Jean Shepard. I wonder if a Miss Jean Shepard once worked at this station. But I <laughs> i keep getting these. I'm going to tell you about the time this little this little chutzpah PR man uh, out-sharpied himself. Uh, I'm working in a radio station. Out in the Midwest, and I got this letter, and it was it was special delivery, airmail, everything. It was you know all very official and hand typed. That's a new gimmick to look like it's personally done. You know, hand typed. And I opened it up, and it says it was it was a, addressed to Jean Shepard. See, and I opened it up, and it says, uh, dear dear Miss Shepard, when I was in town the other day, I heard your program, and you do the finest woman's program I have ever heard on the air. And I want to tell you this, that I have listened to a lot of lady-type shows everywhere. And let me tell you, yours goes all the way, baby. And as a matter of fact, the next time I'm in town, we'll just have to have dinner. And I've got a little proposition. I've got this record that I'd like to talk to you about. Now, uh, I don't give this to every lady shows. But when I heard your show, I knew that this, this was directed at intelligent women. And it was done by somebody who must be a beautiful woman. If not outwardly, at least inwardly. Sign Manny. You know, uh, holy smokes chutzpah forever, and uh, unfortunately, you can out chutzpah yourself. However, uh, this little piece came in. I thought it was so so funny. It's it's a, it's it's a, it's, a uh, it's an advertisement for a movie. They sent me this thing. See, and it's a, it's a movie called Tzar to Tumanee. And it's all about, it's all, it, it, it says it's a new documentary film whose central focus is upon the Russian Revolution and its immediate aftermath. The film is made up entirely of footage shot on the spot at the times that the events depicted took place. It is put together of many feet of ancient, beautifully restored film. Well, I look at that. I said, gee, that's kind of interesting. Okay, that's very factual. Then I turn to the next page. Now, this is History. This is a, a, a documentary film about the Russian Revolution. And listen to how it's described. Give me some showbiz music, please. Oh, that's showbiz music. Yes. The International Whoopi Productions present once again... Another widescreen Technicolor Epic. This documentary film... Produced and created about the Russian Revolution of 1917 and its immediate aftermath using actual films of the times once in a generation. An event, a film is created that is a film worthy of our times. The cast of characters in the order in which they appear. Kaiser Wilhelm, the supreme monarch of Imperial Germany. Tsar Nicholas II, Tsar of all the Russias The Tsarina, his wife And Tsarevich, his only son and heir His daughter Olga, Maria and Anastasia You all know her from previous pictures Grand Duke Nikolai Nikolaevich Commander-in-Chief of the Imperial Russian Armies What happened to my music? Rasputin, the illiterate Russian monk who gained enormous influence over the Tsar and imperial politics via his miraculous cure of the ailing Tsarevich. Yes, these and other fascinating characters will march across the screen. Including Lenin, born Vladimir Ilyich Llanyevov lawyer-turned-Marxist-revolutionary whose personal force and ideas made him the founder of Soviet Russia. He stars in this production. Leon Trotsky, second-in-command to Lenin, propagandist, repeatedly exiled. He became commissar for foreign affairs under Lenin. These characters are listed in order in which they appear and are not to be construed in stardom ratings. Well, I read that, I read that thing and I says, holy smokes, have you noticed they're described as characters and a cast? I wonder if, Tsar, if, if, if for example, Tsar Nicholas II realized he was a character and he was in a vast panoramic... Uh, a vast mosaic of human desire, and that he was merely playing a character. Kaiser Wilhelm is <laughs> a great character. You ever seen him with that pot on his head? <laughs> Tell you, that came out and really, That came straight out of Charlie Chaplin. I mean, it was never a Kaiser Wilhelm. Speaking of uh, Bafo comedy, this is W O R A M at FM New York. I mean, you know what makes it funnier, even if the, they're serious? I mean, W O R hit it.
0: A bright, clear taste in beer. Miller Highlight, the champagne of bottle beer. That's Miller Highlight. Chada, 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 chada. The Happy Sound is about famous Miller High Life beer that has soared in popularity because millions more recognize the traditional quality and heritage of the unequaled, unchanging, unchanging. truly great beer. Great. Wherever people are living better, you'll find Miller High Life in handy take-home cans, on tap, or in the familiar crystal clear bottles. Next time you want the, the very finest, ask for Miller High Life. The champagne of bottled beer, sparkling, Daddy. flavorful, Whoopee. distinctive, and goes all
2: the way. That's pretty good commercial there. I tell you, I wish Fred had get out from under the table there. That sparkling, delicious brew. Let's see, we have uh, with us uh, Rover, the Rover 2000 TC, and uh, without uh, appearing to be, you know, it's a little embarrassing. I, I, I don't like to, to. Uh, sound like it's an advertising tap uh, but some of the things that have been written about this automobile in various automotive magazines and that includes design magazines have nothing to do with cars are a little embarrassing so I will merely say that the Rover 2000 TC is roughly five years ahead of anything in the automotive world today roughly and uh, even more possibly if these guys keep dragging their feet uh, I would like to suggest that if you want to buy an automobile this year that you'll have for years to come and that looks like a car and not a piece of costume jewelry, a really fine piece of automotive machinery, I would like to suggest that you consult your rover dealer, the Rover 2000, TC. I will not tell you what TC stands for. Uh, well, there's kids and everybody around here. You, know, you can't fool around with children. I don't know who's listening. Let's see, we've got Woolmouth here. I know they're listening. Let's see. Uh, if <laughs> if you're... <laughs> what a silly commercial. It says, if you're a man who has to diet to look good in lightweight summer suits. <laughs> <laughs> that, gives, uh, that makes me think of a terrible picture of this this guy who looks like Sydney Green Greenstreet, you know. <laughs> and he's got this pongee summer suit, you know, that he's sweated through about 14 times. You can see his shirt tail under it and all that. A <laughs> woman says they can, they can uh, camouflage you if you look like that. I don't think so. Although they have a great one here that looks like an oak tree a suit, if you'd like to really blend in the scenery, if you feel unworthy. Uh, this is Woolmouth, W-O-H-L-M-U-T-H. You'd be surprised what Woolmouth Tailoring can do, even for you. Even if you're at Fordham Avenue, Marty. And the uh, Woolmouth's Custom Shirt Department is one of the best in town. In Manhattan, there's a Woolmouth store at 803 8th Avenue. Ask for Jerry. In Brooklyn, it's at 1236 Fulton Street. Ask for Nat. Hey, listen, every time I think of Fulton Street, remind me of the time I spent all night on Fulton Street. I have never told you that story, have I? In a little bar attached to a fish dock, and how I got there is a long story and a disgusting one. And I will not even I will not even burden you with it tonight. Speaking of disgusting stories, I figure I'll tell a couple down at the limelight this week, and that we'll be at the limelight with bells on. And incidentally, I I'm I'm going to do my act in infrared light this week. We've worked it all out. Infrared light. It's done in pantomime, and I've finally gotten the Greek chorus down there, uh, Corny, in case you're interested. And the first half will be my famous pantomime variation on the Electra theme by Euripides. Magnificent. And it's done in infrared light. I wear these green tights, and I have a Greek chorus that will appear at the proper moments. just beautiful thing. And uh, it'll be done at the Limelight this week, down at uh, the Limelight, which is uh, right in the heart of Sheridan Square, where truth and beauty flows like a vast sea uh, down to the Hudson River. And after that, turns into old beer cans and tires and footballs and stuff. However, uh, when well, you've looked at the Hudson River, haven't you close? <laughs> I George. It certainly is great. I wonder, can you imagine poor old Henrik Hudson in the half-moon trying to go upstream against all that junk? However, that's another story. And that we'll be at the limelight uh, this week... As usual. And if you have, listen, one word of advice, seriously. We constantly get letters from people who uh, are a little confused about the limelight. Look, you don't need tickets for the limelight. And uh, almost everybody who gets down there uh, gets in. And uh, don't worry about it because almost invariably, 45 people cancel out from Jersey. And uh, almost everybody who shows up gets a seat down there. And get in early because we usually start the show about 20 minutes before the air show starts. And that's when I tell the good stuff. (laughs) Sarah, that's my baby. And uh, for those of you who are uh, otherwise deprived and can't get to the limelight, we'll be on the air from 1030 until midnight, immediately following Lenny Bernstein's big band great band he's got a terrific trumpet section they blow i'll tell you you can hear those guts going they got plenty of uh plenty of lift not many ideas but uh they're honest they're plenty good all right now are you ready to get back to real life here <laughs> well i'm sorry you know after all i mean you can't you can't uh, fool around with the real stuff let's get back to real life uh, i'll uh i'm just uh kind of uh uh traipsing through my mind here and uh I came across this little thing here. I didn't. I, I really don't know whether I should bring this out uh, in the open here. Before I do that, to clear the decks, Corny, do you have a little tiger rag in there for me to blow with here? And now I'm doing this for a purpose. Now, now wait, now wait, friends. It has to be done, because when you are approaching something frightening, uh, it is always wise to whistle. No, no, the old the old uh, whistle in the graveyard technique works. And believe me, I've whistled in many a graveyard. And you know what scares me, Corny? Is how many guys you hear whistling around here these days. Put two and two together and you'll able to come up with some pretty whoopee answers, Dad. Now, there are all kinds of graveyards. There's the traditional kind, you know, with the things that say, rest in peace. Uh, he was a good man. Then there's other kinds. Have you, uh, oh, do you know that there's a new there's a new term that they've applied to automobile junkyards? Man's desire to turn lead into gold knows no bounds. You know what they call them? Automotive dissembling areas. You ever heard that one? You know what they now call garbage dumps? You know what they call garbage dumps? Sanitary disposal compounds. <laughs> but it all smells the same, and it's a yard wide. Please bring that up. Listen to the delicacy. Listen to that crazy. Listen to them lips, them chops. keep that because that's a necessary thing when you're approaching scary subjects and I have before me a report from an, a, a, an extremely official medical magazine would you please look at this all my friends, my co-workers here, I'm holding this up this is the evidence, I'm putting it in where you see it it's a very scary piece of business that was sent to me by a friend of mine who is an eminent doctor Or at least a fat doctor. And uh, he said, no, he isn't fat. No, he isn't at all. Uh, But nevertheless, he sent me this from a very, very official medical journal. I want all of you to listen to this because you won't believe this. When I passed this around the office today, people absolutely blenched. And, And one of the girls sitting at the switchboard started to cry when she took a look at this. Because it's something that all of us have suspected. And, and have laughed away, have joked about, but nevertheless have suspected. Have you ever heard the term evil eye? you doggone right you have. Have you ever heard the term double whammy? You're doggone right you have. Well, now, how long has it been since you actually believed that such a thing existed? Well, let's rephrase the question. How long has it been since you actually believed that such a thing didn't exist? (laughs) Because you see, there's two things. Oh, yes, there's no question about it. uh, uh, that, That all of us have this one side of us that is afraid of those hulking shapes that lurk in the privet hedge. And look out at us with bloodshot eyes. The whammy. And I have before me here a thing called, and it's an article written by a a, a famous research doctor who works in a a top research laboratory, a medical laboratory, and he has designated a thing which he has discovered as, I don't know whether I should tell you this, the double whammy syndrome. Boy, I'll tell you, if Ben Casey was still on, what a fantastic episode this would make. I mean, you know, can't you see, of course, they'd always have to get some beautiful chick, you know, they'd have to go out and get some, uh, doesn't matter whether she can act or not, but this beautiful chick, you see, uh, Susan Pochette, or somebody shows up, you know, the the ones that uh, that, uh, old Vince Edwards was always yelling at, and uh, she shows up, and they bring her in, and she is, you know, she's got this wild look in the eye, (laughs) and they tie her down on the bed. And Ben Casey comes walking over and he's got this little thing, this little football or whatever it is, those doctors, that little chromium-plated grill that they wear on the top of their head with the light shines out of it, you know. I've always wanted to have one of those and I've always figured, i tried to figure out what the heck they do. I have had 28 doctors around me from one time or another and they've always had these things on their head. I've never seen one use one. Is there any doctor out there? What is that little headlight out there? Is that like a badge you wear or What? I'm serious now. I, I don't. Is there a doctor out there listening tonight? We won't put your name on the air, doctor. Do you? I just want one doctor to call up and admit he wears that thing in the shower just to let people know he's a doctor. Well, sure. I I, I listen. I knew a tech sergeant who had his stripes tattooed on his arm, so guys in the shower would not forget who he was. And then he got busted, and it was very embarrassing. <laughs> Listen, we've got a guy here... Now, don't laugh, Corny. We've got a guy working here at WOR who has a pair of major leaves embroidered in his pajamas. That guy has them painted on the outside of his station wagon. Don't laugh. I'll tell you. In fact, he's got a little major leaf that's made out of neon that lights up on the top of his house at night when he goes to sleep so the neighbors don't forget. I'll tell you... (laughs) Well, I'm I'm, (laughs) there. He goes. I knew I'd get him. (laughs) It's the first time I flushed Jack out of that out of that slot in years. (laughs) That's all right. Listen, I'm the first guy you know who has his T five stripes man woven into a bath mat. (laughs) Is there a doctor out there? I'd love to talk to him. Where is he? Is it a doctor? We won't put your name on, doctor. It's all right. You're safe. Nobody will know. Yeah, where is he? Hello, doc?
0: Hey, Chef. Yeah? How you doing?
2: Excelsior. Yeah, are you a doctor? I'm an intern. Is that a doctor? Well, let's say uh, I've got another year to go. Yeah, okay. Uh, you, uh, but you've got your MD, right? Right. That uh, little chromium gadget you refer to is for reflecting light. So yeah, but you see. that isn't the question I ask. I ask, do you ever use it? Yeah, occasionally. Or just is it basically g- it's just a badge of authority? <laughs> I right, see the truth is sneaking uh-huh. out. That's right. All right, doc. Okay. Good come luck, on. man. Selfure bottle. Now you see the truth is sneaking out. It's beginning to it's beginning to show up everywhere. Another doctor just called up. He says he hasn't used this in nine years. I'll tell you, I know one doctor who has. You know the stethoscope? It's really it's transistorized and it gets a uh, rock and roll. And he, uh, you know, he just plugs it in. Next thing you know, he's got Cousin Bruce, and he looks smart. And he's, mm-hmm, he keeps nodding. He unplugs it, and... <laughs> Oh, what a Gollum offry this world is. I'll tell you, it's getting to be... <laughs> what a joke. You know, speaking of, of jokes, this double whammy syndrome, and I'm sure that this this doctor calling up doesn't believe it, would you... You got any spooky music in there? How about that? That showbiz music is pretty spooky. Bring it in. Sneak it in there. That's good, good stuff. Good, strong stuff. Bring it in hard. Oh, boy, that's spooky music. Listen to this article for those of you who are in the medical profession out there. I refer you to Arch Intern Med, Volume 117, May 1966. We repeat, Arch Intern Med, Volume 117, May 1966. An article entitled, The Double Whammy Syndrome. Dr. Ben Casey solves one of his most difficult cases. The evil eye is a form of witchcraft, owing its origin to the presumption that the human eye is capable of operating to the detriment of the recipient of the glance at a distance. Virgil himself speaks of the evil eye making cattle lean. And from its Latin name, fascinum, comes the word fascination. Since that time, every aspect of the evil eye has been a source of fascination everywhere. It is of interest that in the Southern European countries, the baleful effect of the evil eye is counteracted by closing the fist, pointing the fist toward the evil eye, and extending upright in a curved fashion, horn-like, the index and the little finger. This same symbol of defiance is still used today to mutely describe the more sophisticated scientific attitude toward the whole concept of the evil eye, but which in fact does exist. Yes. Yes. Perhaps this is the answer. They never mentioned this in the power of positive thinking, did they? That if you got the evil eye, you ain't going to make it. Could it well have happened that on a quiet Monday, perhaps even just a nondescript Wednesday afternoon, while waiting for a bus, someone, an evil one, put the whammy, the double whammy on you. And forever you've been fighting a losing uphill, downhill, a totally hopeless battle. You didn't know that this was official, did you? You've seen examples of it, haven't you, down in the islands? It ain't no joke, man. I'll tell you, it's no joke. Uh, all right, you think you think I'm kidding? How many of you out there? Is there anybody out there can can give me the name of the man? Now, why I would remember this? Where my you know my uh, my vast storehouse of garbage in my mind, the trivia, you know. I'm, I see my mind sometimes as a waste basket full of all kinds of pieces of crumbled up paper with little torn pieces and little little uh, labels and stuff, all in there. It's just a big wastebasket. It's all full of this stuff. And why do I remember this man? I don't know. Can you give me the name of the guy who for a long time... In fact, he was internationally known. A man who was so successful putting the whammy on other people that he was actually officially hired by big league ball teams to do his work. Did you know that? And that he was hired by many top fighters to sit in their corner and put the whammy on the other guy. As he would come shuffling forward, the evil eye would begin to glow, and pow! The guy was fighting not only another man in the ring, but this great horde of evil spirits. What was his name? Now, I know, you know, but I'm just... Uh, but what, what was his name out there? Come on, now. Let's see. This is true trivia, boy. There's a, and it wasn't really trivia. Now, uh, this, this business of the evil eye is not kid stuff. And, uh, you know, maybe that's why I never got that big show. You know? The evil eye. Have you ever seen it work? Whew. Here it comes. Now, you just hold on. Now, you're going to be part of a scientific experiment that I'm going to, about to do, and I'm going to warn you. Somebody knows? Yeah? Hello. Yeah? Hello, Shepard? Yeah. It was Eagle Eye Flegal. Repeat that, please. Eagle Eye Flegal. That's right. Eagle Eye Flegal Yeah. And uh, you remember he worked, oh, uh, no, old... I don't remember him. I'm only 17. I, I only remember his reputation, but I do know one thing. Yes. He was notoriously successful. Oh, very. He was in the Little Abner comic strip sometimes, too. Yeah, but the real one, uh, you know, the real one did his worst work out here at Ebbets Field. Did you know that? No, I didn't. And he sat back at third base, and they tell me that he drove the Giants out of town. No kidding. Absolutely, I a fact. would believe it. Uh, oh, man, I am not going to take any chances. All right. Excelsior battle. Excelsior. Right. Bye-bye. Boy, oh boy. See? Evil eyes legal. Now, I am about to embark on an experiment here. And uh, before we go into this experiment, I'm going to have to put on a, uh, well, I suppose you might call it a disclaimer. And that disclaimer is this. For those of you who do not want to run the risk of being the victims of something that could very well be uh, difficult to deal with, I would suggest that you now, at this moment, tune away from this spot on the dial. Now, I'm very serious about this because I don't want to be responsible for anybody walking into the fan. And you know what they say when... (laughs) It hits the fan, right? All right, now, in the next two and a half minutes, I will give you time to get away because I have from this medical journal a fascinating experiment that is reported in this journal. Would you please come in here, Lee? Would you please come in here? Uh, we have here in the studio tonight uh, a person, and, and I'm, I'm very serious about this, who over the past five years has been a proven evil eye practitioner. Now, I'm not kidding. I saw I saw her work. Sit right down there, plays there. I saw her, and don't point it this way, I saw her work one day out at Yankee Stadium, and it was one of the mo- truly eye-opening moments. And, and uh, many people have begun to realize that one of the reasons why the Yankees have gone down so badly is because of the work of this person who's in the studio right now, and we're protecting her from uh, people who might be Yankee fans and wonder what the heck happened in the last couple of years she's here. We're protecting her also from people who might be connected with CBS, uh, other people with uh, uh, an interest, uh, money or otherwise, in the New York Yankees. She's right here. And the reason that uh, we're keeping this quiet is because the Yankees were one of her larger experiments. Uh, she wanted to take on something really big. And as you know, the Yankees were very big. In fact, there wasn't nothing bigger. And from the time she sat back at first base and began to concentrate on Joe Pepitone, uh, she, uh, she, What she first did was to look over the team and spot the first weakness. Pepitone was obviously the, uh, because of a lot of little things which we will not go into, Pepitone was more susceptible to this kind of thing than, let us say, Bobby Richardson. And she went to work on Pepitone, and from that afternoon, the Yankees began to steadily drop. Now, she's called off her evil eye only a week and a half ago. This is what's eerie about it, and the Yankees have begun to pick up. Now, I'm not kidding. This is the truth. We are now about to conduct an experiment. For those of you who are scoffers out there, and you are Legion, I know that. uh, Miss, will you please prepare your evil eye? Uh, Would you please prepare it now? Left hand. I mean the serious thing. Uh, The experiment that we are about to conduct is reported in this medical magazine, and it relates to... Being able to give the whammy or the evil eye over electronic means. Have you ever heard of this, Corny? You have on the island. I know you have. <laughs> I, I've, I know of a case down there that, that resulted in gunfire. <laughs> Is it the same way? You, yeah. I know of a guy who gave another guy the evil eye over the yeah. air and it wound up in a fantastic fight. Three guys wound up in jail. It was an awful story. Now, uh, for those of you who would like to take part in this experiment, face your radio. A concentrate. Look directly at it. Don't look away from it. Look directly at your radio. Seriously, look at your radio. Do you have any of that music in there for me? Uh, we want the we want the uh, scary music. You've got it in there. The last thing you use. Now hold it there for a minute. Face your radio. Look very directly and steadily at it. Now I'm 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 very serious about this, and I want you to try this because you're going be surprised. Look carefully at your radio now, and when the music begins. I want you to move closer to your radio, as close as you can get to it. In other words, walk toward it and or if it's a transistor radio you're using or some other small radio, draw it closer to your eyes until it is within uh, maybe an inch or an inch and a half from your eyes themselves. As the music begins, would you please bring it up? Now move closer to your radio, closer. Concentrate. Look as hard and as steadily, as unblinkingly as you can, directly into your speaker grill. Keep the stare. Keep it up. Look. Now look hard. Look long. Don't... Now breathe slowly. Concentrate on your radio. Nothing else. Look at that radio. Would you begin, please? Open that mic over there, Corny.
0: Horns! Horns! Horns!
2: All right, you can... Easy now. All right, sit down now. You have just... As far as I know, you have just taken part in the first electronic evil eye experiment that's ever been done on the eastern seaboard. And I'm very serious about that. That uh, we here at this radio station do not take responsibility for any misfortunes that may occur, any difficulties that may arise in your life in the next 24 hours. This evil eye that was given to you is a 24-hour evil eye. It is a version of the double whammy. And I I, I can only say that... uh, It's going to be very interesting to see what will occur. Uh, There is a way that you can throw off the evil eye that we have just put on you. There is a technique. And uh, for those of you who would like to try this, well, we'll tell you about that tomorrow night. Maybe we better not tonight. Because uh, if you were to use the antidote, of course, it would uh, spoil the whole scene. So, uh, I mean, really, after all, I'm not going to give you the tip, man. So, uh, good luck, fella. That's all I can say. Hang in there. You guys have heard of it. You ever seen anybody who could throw the evil eye? You haven't? I if you lived. Look it up, big. You know, there, there's some... There's some... Type, cut that one down there. There we go. Very good. All right, just keep your knees loose. And um, you know, keep your glove oiled. All I can say. Keep your shades on. You never know when they might <laughs> you never know when they might hit a fly ball out there to the right field. And uh, again I can only say thanks for taking part in it. Good luck. Good luck, fella. You know, for all of this stuff.
1: Well, if you were foolish enough to participate in that experiment, the only way to remove the evil eye from yourself is to tune in Wednesday night from 7 to midnight for a Gene Shepherd Spectacular, which will be taking place right here on WBAI. We will remove the evil eye, but only if you tune in. We will have Eugene Bergman, a Shepard biographer and historian, uh, perhaps Jim Clavin of uh, FlickLives website. Uh, I'm not entirely sure if he's going to come. How about it, Jim? <laughs> he's busy posting this program you just heard to the website right now. FlickLives.com. If you missed any part of it, want to get the evil eye again, go right there and uh, read all about it. Listen, download, whatever. This has been Max Mead with another episode of Mass Backwards here on WBAI New York. And uh, I'll also join you Sunday night, yes, the fun drive should end by Friday, we hope. And we'll be back to normal scheduling, which includes the Golden Age of Radio, Sunday nights at 7.30 to 9. And right back here, (laughs) alarm clocks and cabs willing at 4 a.m. next Tuesday morning for another edition of Mass Backwards. Thank you. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins
0: and little ways to innovate digital
2: processes